guys, it's Sim, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 17th of August, 2022, to talk about, whoop, I just headbutted my microphone, to talk about, whoa, what the hell is going on here? I've got way too many things open up right now on my computer. Let's close all of these tabs right now. I got way too much stuff open on this computer. There we go. There we go. There we go. We got a packed show to talk about tonight. Uh, tonight's Dynamite started off okay. And I know some are going to go, okay. And I'll, I'll get into that. But I thought the show built and built and built and built and built. Then had kind of like a plateau. And then for the main event. That main event match was fantastic. Fantastic. Freaking Dragon Lee. Basically diving through the ropes, hitting a blockbuster on Omega and going over the barricade. What? What the? Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But overall, good episode of AEW Dynamite. Then the bombshell. The bombshell announcement. Next week, Omega versus, or Moxley versus Punk. Unify the belts. What? Next week? And not the pay-per-view. You're literally going to do it a week and a half before the pay-per-view. What is Tony Khan thinking? And I mean, we'll talk more about that when we get to the rundowns for the next week. But oof, uh, unless that is like a DQ, then he's got something major for the pay-per-view. Excuse me. But with that, again, I thought tonight's Dynamite was a really good show. And we'll get into all that. But first, I want to say thank you. If you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash ProWrestlingUnlimited or on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. If you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either help us out by subscribing with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts KC recently did, or you can be like, well, WWE AEW FW85 and subscribe with Amazon Prime. We do appreciate all those subscriptions as well. It keeps us going. The more you guys support us here, whether that's on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, it keeps the channel going. It keeps us being able to do these live reviews, these live podcasts for you guys. Also, remember, you can be part of the show if you're watching live by texting in to 510-906-1341. The number's right there. And in the live chat, 510-906-1341. But if you are watching on YouTube, Help us out over there as well by hitting that join button below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, you can get all that, but more directly support us by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Whether you're buying a new game, buying an uh, old game, claiming a free game, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fall Guys, Fortnite, or Rumbleverse, I'm going to ask you if you have a creator code, and you do, PW Unlimited. Remember, there's a brand new game out. It is a free game, and it's called the Rumbleverse. 
It's a mix between a battle royale like Fortnite and pro wrestling. You jumped, just dumped right into the city, and you got to pro wrestle your way to the end. Running around, fighting other guys, either with a super kick or a power bomb or whatever, but they have epic store integration. And if you buy any coins to level up your player, well, use creator code PW Unlimited for that. Also, remember Dragon Ball Z has invaded Fortnite. You can get Goku. You can get Vegeta. You can get Beerus. You can get Bulma. All you got to do when doing so to, to the bottom of the store page is ask you for creator code. You got one again. It is PW Unlimited. If you're getting those new Dragon Ball Z skins and accessories in Fortnite, use code PW Unlimited at all Epic Store and Epic Game purchases to support us at no extra cost to you. But with that, we've got Dynamite to talk about as the show kicked off with CM Punk. And I'm going to say it right now. The promo, I get what it was trying to be. But the promo itself, it didn't hit for me. I felt like Punk was trying too hard to be a badass or even a hard ass. So Punk comes down to the ring, championship belt over shoulder, gets in the ring, just crowd going ape shit. He sits down, puts the belt down and goes, all right, I'm making the challenge. I want the rematch. Hangman Page, get out here. He said, everybody wants to be the champ until it's time to do champ shit. Hangman never comes out. He goes, yeah, that's what I thought. You ain't a cowboy. You're a coward. Like, you wouldn't face me if you could anyways, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, he basically just called Hangman a bitch. Then he goes and turns his attention to John Moxley. He says that Moxley might be number one in our hearts, but Punk is number one in this ring. Punk said that Moxley has always been a number two. And he's even the third best guy in the group he's in right now. And that's a reoccurring theme for his career. You know, shield reference there. He said Moxley's only been the interim champion, not the real one. Interim means for now. He then goes and says, and his best friend, Eddie Kingston, third best Eddie I've ever seen. Second best Kingston I've ever shared a locker room with. I don't know. I don't know what the third best Eddie is, who the two Eddies, well, one, one Eddie before him would be Eddie Guerrero. Who would be the other Eddie better than Eddie Kingston? Eddie Edward, maybe? It's the only other Eddie I can think of. Eddie Guerrero. And then Eddie Gilbert? No, Eddie. I don't know. Then he says, and you're the only, and you're the, you're only the second best Kingston I've ever shared a ring with or a locker room or something like that, referencing Kofi Kingston, who CM Punk was once tag team champions with. He then goes on. 2002, he would have probably met uh, Eddie Guerrero. But he didn't say, Magma Lord, that you're the, the third best Eddie I know. He just said, you're the third best Eddie there is. Referencing, of course, Eddie Guerrero, but I don't know who the other Eddie would be. Anyways, he would then go out to make the challenge for All Out. Punk said that he will put everything on the line and defend his title and his championship. And he goes, and you won't even be the first John I beat for a championship in Chicago. Heck, you're not even the best in that category either. Moxley's music hits and Punk goes, well, this is going to take me a minute. Let's do some Snow Angels. I'm like, what the fuck kind of LSD is Punk on tonight? Punk was on something, and I know straight edge, he's not on drugs, but fuck. 
He's acting like someone on drugs. And trust me, I know half of my family almost died from doing drugs and whatnot. Actually, I got an uncle that did. But anyways, Punk's over there in the ring. He's doing freaking snow angels. And Moxley makes his way down. Moxley mocked Punk, saying that he's writing checks that his mouth can't catch. The only reason he's here in AEW is because he ran out of money. He said Punk may think he's the best wrestler in the world. But to Moxley, a microphone is just a microphone. Moxley then says, this belt means nothing. The punk goes, yeah, this belt really doesn't mean anything either until I beat you. Moxley then called himself the heart and soul of AEW. And punk called himself the dollars and cents. He challenged punk to go face to face right here, right now. Why wait till the pay-per-view? And punk said something. Referencing, oh, if I if I even touch you right now, all you're gonna do is is get your something or other all over me. Referencing blood, so you're just gonna bleed all over me. They got in each other's faces, started to strike. Security came down and broke it up, and then it got a little weird because they got Punk out of the ring and they were holding Moxley back, and then Punk kept trying to like slip back in the ring. Then they would go at it for a second. No, yeah. Now I'm confused. Was it? Punk that stayed in the ring or Moxley? One of them kept, you know, got out of the ring. No, 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 it was Mox. It was Mox. It was Mox. Because at one point, Mox threw a chair into the ring. Punk grabbed it and sat down. Punk grabbed it and sat down. So he kept, like, Mox kept trying to, like, get in the ring, and then Punk would grab him, and then they separate him, and he'd get out, and this and that. And it just became a little cluster there at the end. So, I mean, it was a good opening. Wasn't the best. Wasn't all that great, in my opinion. I thought the promo from Punk, he was trying too hard with the, Cute jabs and all that. And then Moxley coming out. Oh, I'm the heart and soul, and this doesn't make mean anything, and that, and da, 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 you know, so it's like, mm, it was good, but it, I, I felt like it could have been better. Powerhouse Hobbs is backstage and asked about attacking Ricky Starks. Hobbs said that he didn't need friends. Excuse me, and unlike Starks, he's not okay with losing. He said, Starks always hid behind him and wrote his coattails. As for QT Marshall and the factory, Hobbs has something for them too. Next up, we had a two out of three falls match. Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia with Chris Jericho on commentary. And Ricky the Steamboat Dragon, as two core Scorpio used to call him. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as the guest timekeeper. You okay? Because we needed to keep time in this match. They never said there was a time limit that I heard. Also... When's the last time a two out of three falls match on a major pro wrestling show didn't go to the third fall? Like, it feels like every time AEW or WWE or any of these major companies do a two out of three falls match, it always goes to the third fall. So who gives a hell about the first two falls? If you're going to do it third fall, just do a long-ass match. Because honestly, I could care less who won the first fall. I could care less who won the second fall. It's all about the final fall. Because whenever someone announces, oh, we're doing two out of three falls, I already know, oh, 99% sure it's going to a third fall, so I'm not even going to pay attention the first 10, 20 minutes. Uh, unfortunately, bangs, no, not for a live video. But regardless, the match itself was really good. I really, really enjoyed this match and the interesting post-match as well. So they locked each other in heel hooks early on and jockeyed for position. 
Garcia pushed Danielson into the corner and gave him a slap before a commercial break. Once back, Danielson was laying in yes kicks before landing, in, landing a running knee in the corner. Garcia countered a Frankensteiner into a cradle for a two. After a hard chop exchange, Garcia hit a butterfly suplex into an armbar. Danielson reversed it into a regal plex for a two. Garcia escaped to the, to the floor where Danielson hit a diving drop kick, but Garcia came back with a back suplex on the outside. He laid in hammer and anvil strikes, but Danielson turned a sharpshooter into a triangle. Garcia fought uh, out of the pile driver before locking on a hammerlock sleeper, forcing Dr uh, Danielson to tap out about 10 minutes into the match. Danielson barely made it to his feet for the second fall. Garcia smacked him with some chops and was firmly in control ahead of a commercial break. He maintained that control throughout the break, and when Danielson was busted open after a DDT on the concrete, Garcia then went back to a dragon sleeper, but Danielson turned it into a cradle about 15 minutes in and scored the second fall. And we're now tied one to one. Again, really cares about the first two falls. Just go at it for, for 30 minutes or whatever they did. 25 minutes, I think it was in total. It was, I don't have the full time here. So immediately after the fall, Garcia continued to attack Danielson. Danielson trapped Garcia in a tree of woe and laid in some yes kicks before hitting an avalanche German. He followed up with a missile drop kick. Danielson kept up the attack on the outside, repeatedly pulling him into the ring post. They uh, teased the count out, and when Garcia made it into the ring, he had been busted open. They then had an awesome striking exchange during a picture-in-picture -picture commercial break. Garcia locked on a sharpshooter, and he's calling that now the Dragon Tamer, but Danielson turned it into a label lock. Garcia locked on a pinning predicament, but escaped it. Danielson then shrugged off a corner dropkick, hit a hard chop, and Garcia hit a Busaku knee on Danielson for a two. Danielson then fired up on a knuckle lock and attacked with some forearm shots. Some hard, heavy, heavy forearm shots if I've ever seen some. He then hit a ground and pound before trying to kick Garcia's head in. Garcia reversed it and did the same thing. Then Danielson finally was able to do it. Danielson locked on a triangle, but Garcia wasn't strong enough to was strong enough to get a pile driver out of it. They went for some devastating strikes. Danielson applied the label lock and laid in some elbows. I want to say between 20-25 minutes, probably closer to 25 minutes, the ref finally just stopped the match and Danielson ended up winning. I'm like, oh. I'm not a big fan of the ref stoppage. Especially after this match, where you already had two falls and all that. I'm just, eh. the, the ref stoppage fell flat a little bit for me. Danielson's just beating on him and beating on him and beating on him. And then finally, the ref's like, oh, he's not defending himself. Stop the match. Like, really? Really? That was it? You just end it there? Okay. Cool. And I mean, I mean, we've kind of seen it already because the last time they wrestled, Garcia won because Danielson passed out. So, I mean, I get it, but eh. eh. Great match overall, though. To me, the finish was kind of flat with the whole just raining on and raining on and raining on, and then the ref just stops it. But that's just me. In pro wrestling, I've always thought the referee stoppage thing was kind of a little corny, especially because we all know it's... it's Make wrestling. 
So after the match, Garcia and Danielson were in the ring. Looked like they were going to shake hands when Jericho would attack Danielson. Garcia then shoved him off and slapped away a handshake. There was an awesome, you're a wrestler chant as well. So in the back, Swerve and Our Glory and Private Party were backstage. They basically had a little face-off for the title match on Rampage this Friday. Private Party said, yeah, uh, you gave us a title shot, and then we got ranked, and uh, we're going to take your titles. And Swerve and Our Glory is basically like, how long have you guys been here? How long have we been here? We're ready champions. We're going to beat you on Friday and knock you back down the ladder. Then Tony Nese came out for something. I don't know what this was supposed to be, but he was attacked by Moxley. This was very random. It kind of almost led to nothing. Ish. Well, I mean... So, Moxley attacks him, runs down to the ring, and calls out Punk. Punk then comes out, but the officials try to run out before Punk to stop him. Then we saw Wheeler Yuta come out and Claudio Castagnoli hold back Moxley. And yeah, okay, cool. Again, I thought the Punk and Moxley stuff just, it was just a little too cute. They just tried a little too hard. And I know for most people, it got them very invested. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see the match. I know the match will, unless it's got no commercials, I'm not super excited. Because, I mean, Punk versus Moxley, that's not a TV match for the titles. No. Because if that match is going to get interrupted by one, maybe even two commercials, that's really going to hinder the match for us watching at home. But they had this big old pull apart. Members of the BCC come down and yeah. From the back, Chris Jericho and 2.0 were being interviewed. Jericho was asked about potential dis- dissension between he and Garcia. Jericho said that he'd give Garcia the benefit of the doubt, but he needs to know for sure. So they'll talk about it in the ring next week. Whose side are you on? Jericho said. And then comes Ricky Steamboat. He walked up and said, Garcia is coming into his own. And he doesn't need you as his mentor. He needs somebody like Danielson to show him the way. Jericho and Menard walked off, but Parker stayed back and got in Steamboat's face. And then Steamboat dropped him with the right hand. Cool. This was weird. Oh, well, kind of weird. Gun Club versus the Varsity Blondes. Literally, Austin dispatched Pillman. Colton hit the Colt 45 and squashed them in like 45 seconds. Not even a minute. After the match, Billy came proud of his sons in the ring. And they all hugged. When all of a sudden, Stokely would walk down. Stokely would walk down the ramp. This would distract Billy. And Austin and Colton would attack their father from behind. The claim then ran out, chased off the Gun Club, saving Billy. Owens then said, scissor me, daddy. And they all scissored. And now it looks like it's, I mean, I don't even know if they're going to be called the gun club or not, but it's Austin and Colton Colton gun with Stokely Hathaway. And it's the acclaimed with who they call ass daddy, Billy gun. Like, eh, I guess it's something different. Video recap, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satin M. Singh, pursuing the TNT Championship. Death Triangle were backstage. Pack addressed the United Empire, saying that he's the best Brit the country's ever produced and not Will Ospreay. He said he's looking forward to next week. Is there an unstoppable unit. Jungle Boy then came out to the ring. He talked about his Christian is a pussy shirt and was told he's never allowed to wear that on television again. 
He said, but that shirt does nail it in, nail it in on what it means. He says he's tried to hit Christian a million times, but Christian has done absolutely nothing in return. He said, I even tried to run him over with a car. And Shivani goes, yeah, I know I was there. Jungle Boy then challenges Christian to a match at All Out, and Christian does come out and say no. He patronized him for a moment and said that he's proud of Jungle Boy, that he's actually speaking out for once. Christian said that they both said things that they didn't really mean, but he wants to fix this. He wants to go on another run with Jungle Boy. He's like, you know what, Jack, Jungle Boy? You know, Jack? And Christian kind of flopped up his words there for a minute and then said, quote, at the end of the day, we're family. And I love you. You're like a son to me. Come back to me. Jungle Boy teased giving Christian a hug, but instead took him down and laid in some strikes. Christian eventually broke free and rolled to the floor, where he kicked Jungle Boy low and sent him into the barricade. He tried to send Jungle Boy into the steel steps, but Jungle Boy reversed it and repeatedly dropped him face first on the steps. Jungle Boy then stomped. Excuse me, I had the hiccups stomped Christian's head on the steps before officials pulled him away. In the back, it was Wardlow and FTR. Cash said that they'd never let Wardlow get jumped three on one, and they're never going to let it happen. They've never let it happen in the past, and they're never going to let it happen in the future. He then challenged Jay Lethal, Sanjay, and Satnam Singh to a trios match. He then also challenged Jay Lethal to a singles match. Wardlow then said he can powerbomb anyone. Jack said he's the best wrestler in the world, not lethal. And we'll settle it next week. And then they made a pinnacle reference. So, yeah. Cool. Made a pinnacle reference. Next up, we had Tony Storm versus Kylan King. Not much to this match. King used her power to gain the advantage early. After a back-and-forth exchange, King hit a jumping knee off the ropes. Storm avoided a diving dropkick and went for a DDT on the floor. But King powered through and drove Storm into the barricade. After a commercial break, Storm countered an avalanche back suplex into a crossbody and hit a German suplex bridge for a two. King returned fire with Spinebuster for a two. Storm came back with a sweet chin music and a swing DDT for the victory. Gotcha, Kid Vicious. Okay, corrects me. He said he, he Jungle Boy stomped Christian's arm, not head. I saw it really quick because I was also helping my kids with something. So it looked like the head from the quick Shot that I saw of it. Thank you for correcting me. But Tony Storm does pick up the victory here. Match was all right. This is so so match. Nothing special. And we got some lineups for the next couple of weeks. Well, the next weekend, the pay per view. Coming up this week on Rampage, the AW World Champion, the AW World Trios Championship Tournament does continue when the best friends take on the Trustbusters. Athena will be in action when she takes on Penelope Ford. Claudio Castagnoli, the Ring of Honor World Champion, will speak. The FTW Championship will be on the line when Hook defends against the reality. Zach Clayton, also in an, with the AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line, Swerve in Our Glory will be defending the titles against Private Party. Next week on AEW Dynamite, we do know that the AEW World Trios Champion, uh, Championship Tournament will continue when the Death Triangle takes on the United Empire. Dax Hardwood will be going one-on-one -on -one with Jay Lethal, and the AEW Undisputed World Championship will be on the line when CM Punk takes on John Moxley. Also officially announced tonight, the AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line at All Out when Thunder Rosa defends against Tony Storm. Doing my best. Excalibur there. Only flubbed it up once or twice. Then we get the main event. Heels make their way down. 
the Bucks make their way down. And then they hand a piece of paper to John Roberts. Or Justin Roberts, I mean. Piece of paper, he reveals to us the mystery opponent. The mystery opponent of Henny Omega. Crowd explodes. Omega comes out with Don Callis, which is very interesting. And Michael Nakazawa. And the reason I say Don Callis is interesting because the Bucks are essentially baby faces in this match. Don Callis, not a baby face. But Kenny to come out with Don, that's an interesting move unless Don's now turned. Trust me, Don Callis, amazing heel. But we did have the first match of the AEW World Trios Championship Tournament. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega with Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa against La Fashion Ingobernables or Los Ingobernables La Fashion, Andrade El Idolo, Rush, and Dragon Lee with Jose the Assistant. And you can really tell, and they even played it up during this match, that Omega's not 100-100%. Like, when he went for that one-winged angel, he barely got Dragon Lee up. He, like, got him up. And went right back down with him. So, Omega also had on his left arm, like a sling brace kind of deal. So, I mean, he he's still hurting. You can see it. Dragon Lee and Nick Jackson started off this match, as they should have. With uh, Nick hitting an Escalara arm drag. Lee's uh, partners came in, but were quickly dispatched by uh, both Bucks and Omega. Omega uh, tagged in, notably wrestling in a uh, compression shirt and an arm brace and took out Lee with a springboard. He landed 10 punches in the corner and hit his first of a few you-can't-escapes, but tagged out instead of finishing it. Omega then... Omega and the Bucks then hit a triple team to maintain control. Andrade tagged in and faced off with Omega, but the distraction from Jose allowed Rouge to attack from behind and Los Angeles Fashion took control. After commercial break, Omega reached Nick for a hot tag. Nick fought off Andrade and Roosh. Matt then tagged in and hit repeated Northern Lights suplexes. Then everyone came in for some three-on-three suplex action where we saw the Bucks and Omega get the better of it. Nick then landed a step-up dive, step-up flip dive, on all three members of Los Ingobernables with Andrade landing. Uh, after this, Andrade landed some double knees in the corner for a two. They isolated Matt on their side of the corner and hit simultaneous drop kicks. After a commercial break, Omega got the hot tag and hit Snapdragon suplexes on all three opponents. The Bucks then hit simultaneous super kicks before Matt hit an assisted buckle bomb and a cannonball senton on Lee. All three landed super kicks, but Andrade broke up a pin attempt. The Bucks took out Rush, Roosh, and Andrade before Kenny fired up Terminator clap. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 but Lee cut off his dive. Omega dispatched him, but struggled with his knees. And then Jose ripped him or tripped him off of a dive. Uh, then we saw just a phenomenal move. So Roosh and Andrade are holding Omega at ringside up. No, no. It's Roosh and... I think it's... Give me two seconds to tell exactly who it is. I didn't write it down properly. It is. Roosh and Jose are holding up Omega. Like shoulder, shoulder. Omega's sitting on their shoulders. Andrade then splits the ropes 
Dragon Lee runs, bounces, runs, dives through the ropes. It's a blockbuster, basically, on Omega. Grabs him. They go flying over the barricade and crash into the front two, three rows. Holy schmoses. Holy schmoses. This move looked freaking amazing. Lee recovered and went for a pin on Omega after he got thrown back into the ring and only got a two off of it. Andrade came in and climbed the ropes, but Nick cut him off. Lee took out Nick with a Hurricane Rana to the floor. Andrade went for the moonsault, and Omega rolled out of the way. Andrade then sprung over him, hit it, and got a near fall off of it. Andrade then hit a hammerlock DDT, but Matt pushed Roosh into a pile of, uh, into a pile of guys. He then took him down with an, and got a near fall off of it. Omega then fired up with the V-trigger on Lee. He followed it up with the second one. Omega then popped Lee up in the one-winged angel. Like I said, barely got that one-winged angel and picked up the victory. So like I said, like, and they even said it on commentary. Because he, he threw Dragon Lee up on his shoulders. and like, oh, Omega's barely got him up for the one-winged angel. And then he immediately, like, quickly pops him right back down. Then it gets a little weird. So we see Dragon Lee laying in the ring and Andrade... And Roosh are over him. Jose's getting in the ring. And Andrade unties the mask of Dragon Lee. And I go, okay, what's going on there? He then picks up, well, no, Roosh then picks up Dragon Lee. Andrade grabs him and hits him with a DDT, where when he hits him with a DDT, the mask goes flying off. Dragon Lee tries to cover his face. But it was weird because he unties the mask. They cut to the Bucks and Omega at ring, er, up the ramp. All of a sudden, he's got him in the double arm DDT. They cut really fast back. He hits the DDT. They then cut back to Omega in the box. You then see Nick Jackson look over like, what the hell? He runs down. Omega's kind of looking around like, what the hell? What, what's going on? And then in mid-sentence of Jim Ross, they just cut. And we're watching BattleBots. So I don't know. I mean, I get why they cut in mid-sentence. They had to cut because they rushed. They had to rush for, they were rushed for time. But what was with the... If they knew... That whatever that was, the attack or the demasking or whatever it was of Dragon Lee, if they knew that was supposed to happen, why did the, why were they cutting the camera? If you knew that Andrade was going to attack Dragon Lee, leave the camera on the ring. I get it. You want to show your winners, but your winners almost don't matter when you're doing a big angle or whatever this could be. Are they unmasking Dragon Lee so now he's just like Roosh and Kenny or Roosh and Andrade no longer masked? Are they kicking him out of the group? Are they writing him off? Tell I don't I don't know. And since Harry says they probably didn't want to show his face, that's not it at all. I don't think that's it at all. Because they've pulled the mask off of Phoenix and Pentagon plenty of times, but not cut the camera. You know what I mean? So it's like I didn't get what the the cutting back and forth a couple of times was for. But overall, great, great, great main event. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega advance in the tournament. And let me pull up the brackets for the tournament so we can see who they will be facing next or could be facing next. I'm going to pull these up on the screen to show you guys. So we've got the brackets right here. These aren't the updated brackets, but we can, we can go off of it. So we've got Andrade, Roosh, Dragon Lee eliminated. Young Bucks and Omega move up 
they will be taking on the winners of next week's match between Death Triangle and uh, Will Ospreay and Aussie Open the United Empire. So, one of these two teams will be facing the Bucks and Omega. With that, guys, that was AEW Dynamite. Overall, a pretty good show. Had some questionable things on the show, but overall, I thought a pretty good episode of Dynamite, if I do say so myself. But then, why are we doing the world title match next week and not at the pay-per-view? Again, maybe it ends in a time limit draw. Maybe it's a DQ finish, and then they have, like, bigger stakes at the pay-per-view or something. I don't know. This really makes no sense to me other than they want to pop a rating. They want to pop a rating, probably. But here's the thing. When you have a big match like this that could be a five, six-star match, you can't properly rate a match like this, though, because you know it's going to go through one, if not two, commercial breaks. And so you don't see what happens during that commercial break. You have wrestlers that are not working just a match to work a good match. You're working a match to work around the breaks. So they're getting their time cues. They're getting told, break. All right, so when they go to break, they're maybe not going to do as much. Or they're maybe going to time things to where it's right after the break or right before the break, and it doesn't seem as fluid. And it's just, it's weird that this, as big as this match is, they're doing it on television. It makes no sense to me. But, hey, I ain't running this company. It's Tony's idea. It's Tony's booking. With that, guys, that's everything I thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Now I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's show. Remember, you can let me know by texting in if you're watching live. 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Before we do that, I want to get to the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go. 82% liked tonight's Dynamite. 9% thought it was all right. And 9% didn't like it. As far as the Twitter poll does go. 73% liked tonight's Dynamite. 22% thought it was just all right. And 4% or yeah, 4% did not like Dynamite. And finally, the YouTube poll. 70% liked Dynamite. 20% thought it was just all right. And 10% did not like the show. Um, this person here says, one of the best Dynamites ever. Says AEW was awesome tonight. I'm so happy that Kenny Omega returned tonight. John Moxley and CM Punk opened the show with a bang. Dan Garcia and Brian Danielson had an amazing match tonight, and I'm glad Tony Storm won. Person here says, very fun. Can't wait for next week. To see who will show up at in the middle of the main event. Maybe someone from Cleveland. Yeah, no. Don't even, don't even. Don't even. Don't even face me. You think that Johnny Gargano is going to ruin the world title match? Whoa, you're dumb. As far as the text messages do go, uh, this person says, this isn't AW related, but who do you see winning the G1? Is it Okada or Will Ospreay? That's a good question because the finals are... Tonight or tomorrow? Is it tonight or tomorrow? NJPW World. I want to say it's tonight, but I could be wrong. Um. When is tomorrow? It looks like it's tomorrow. Friday in Japan. So that would be 
Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, no, that's last week. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, no, it looks like tonight. Let me see, is this the finals? No, what am I not looking correctly here? What's today's date? The 17th. I'm still a week off. Yeah, tonight. No. Yes, tonight. Technically Thursday. Live right now? No, it's not. It's not live right now, is it? Hold on, hold on. Is it live right now? Let me log into New Japan World. No, and it is tonight. It is tonight. The finals of the G1 Climax Tournament. Who do I think is going to win between Okada and Will Ospreay? You know, if Okada wins, it'll be the fourth time that he's won G1. That'll be the second most in G1 history. The most is five. I can't remember who it is that has five G1 wins, but the most is five. I say, I mean, Omega or Okada won last year. I say go Ospreay. First time in the finals, first time win. I say, give me a first time winner, first time he makes it to the finals. I say Osprey. And next six message says, with AEW being known for debuting wrestlers at all out, such as Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, what current wrestling free agent should AEW sign and debut at all out? That's a hard question to answer because last year they had two really big names. This year, I don't think there is anybody as big. I really don't think there's anybody with, like, as big of a name. I mean, you got Johnny Gargano, but I almost can guarantee he's going to WWE from everything I'm hearing. He's going back to WWE. So, it's like, who is out there? I mean, you can bring in somebody like an Okada. You're not, it's not someone you're signing, but it's somebody that you can bring in for a program. Give me an Okada. Give me a Tanahashi. I mean, we've seen them before in AEW because of Forbidden Door, so it's not that new. But it's like, I don't see anybody with the big, like, I don't see the name value there. I mean, even Johnny Gargano. I don't see him as big as an Adam Cole or Brian Danielson shock value-wise. Like, people would go crazy if he showed up in AEW. But honestly, I think he would do better in WWE, because I think he'd get slotted in AEW. Triple H running WWE, he's gonna he's gonna either push him as like a at least at first a top, you know, IC US title challenger guy, or he and Ciampa back in DU DIY as the top tag team or one of the top tag teams going against like the Usos, the Street Profits and stuff. So I think it's better for Johnny to go. And I know this isn't your question about where should Johnny Gargano go. I think it's better for Johnny Gargano to go to back to WWE than AEW. But other than him, there's nobody else that I can think of that's a free agent that's got the name value that would even work for the all-out debut. Um, this person says, earlier this year when Johnny Ace was still in WWE, he contacted TK in behalf of WWE. Now that he's gone, do you think WWE will still want to talk to TK? 
I'm trying to remember what that was about. And I can't remember, honestly, what that was about, so I don't think I can answer your question. Or says, so since we CM Punk versus Mox next week, who does winner face at all our... Does MJF return next week, or does Kenny Omega do double duty? That No, Kenny Omega ain't working double duty. You saw Kenny Omega is not 100%. There ain't no way he's working double duty at the pay-per-view. Like, that's for damn sure. But maybe that's the thing they got. Punk beats Moxley next week, and then all of a sudden MJF shows up and challenges Punk for the title at the pay-per-view. That's the only thing that would make sense to me. Punk wins. MJF comes out and goes, hey, you miss me? I want your belt. Nothing else makes sense to me as to why you would do this match next week. So we'll see how it goes. We got to wait a week, but yeah. Idol is on the line next freaking week. Didn't see it coming at all. Didn't see it coming at all. That's what I thought, Magnolore. Magnolore said it was about video packages. That's what I thought. And I mean... I don't know. I, I, don't, I really don't know if they're going to reach out to Tony Khan for anything again. I mean, if they need to, they do. If they don't, they don't. It really doesn't matter if it's not like a talent agreement thing. So, But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. If you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. Thank you if you're watching later or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We'll be back live Friday morning. For the wrestling wrap-up, talking about everything that went down this week in professional wrestling. We'll talk about, you know, if we hear anything else on why this title match is taking place next week. We'll talk about the G1, which we'll probably talk a little bit about that tomorrow during the day as well. I might do something for that. So, see you guys back Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. Have a great night, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.